0: Welcome to the VB Nation podcast, ultra running diary series, part four, the series where we share our journey scaling from 10K fitness to 100K ultra. It's Chris and Nick here, and I think a good starting point is just a brief recap of what we've covered so far.
1: Hi everyone. So as Chris said, we're on to our fourth episode and we've been training now for just under four months. So if you go back and have a listen to our earlier episodes, we've covered getting started and, and putting together a training plan. We talked about the common mistakes to avoid when you are running or preparing for a long distance race and we had a fantastic episode with some guests where we spoke to some experienced endurance runners about the the mindset they have and what makes an endurance runner. So some good stuff there already but today we're going to be talking about three sort of quick topics really. So the first is we're going to think about using events for training and that's particularly relevant now we are beginning to see some return to normality which is fantastic and we've got some news on that front we're also going to touch on recovery which is just such an important part of any ultra marathon training program but it's something that I think me and Chris probably have been learning on the job a little bit and I think this is also a good time for us to speak a little bit about lifestyle challenges so we've said from the outset that we are parents and we are professionals and we're starting to see some of the impacts of that I think on the training program would you say Chris?
0: Yeah, I think certainly for myself,
1: I mean, we'll, we'll delve into this a bit deeper
0: later, I guess, but um, I'm starting to struggle with the time commitment, I think. And that's probably the biggest challenge for me at this stage. I think my body is holding up OK, but life is getting in the way, essentially.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a really valuable topic to cover because we said from the outset that we are not experienced ultramarathon runners. So we want to really give an insight into what it's like to start from a relatively low start point. And I think this is something that people who are interested in doing it will be very interested in hearing about. So first topic, we have done something. We've done an event, which is really great. It was uh, it was exciting to be back out with other runners. And of course, you know for me when I imagine doing an ultra marathon Chris I always imagined that I would be doing quite a lot of events as part of the training and obviously that hasn't been the case up until now. So could you talk a little bit Chris about the event that we did first of all?
0: Yeah I think uh, just to, to caveat that before we start I think um, you're absolutely right I would never have envisaged obviously being in the situation that we're in and previously events were just the entire training plan for me I really struggled to get motivated without having an event to aim for and th- those like short-term goals so being back at an event was absolutely amazing and uh, so what we did was a half marathon which is a bit um, symbolic really because we did it at Eaton Dorney close to Windsor and the reason it's symbolic is because that was actually the last event that we did before the pandemic. So it was February twenty twenty. We did a half marathon at Eaton Dorney. Um, So fast forward just over a, over a year, and we were back. Obviously, it was a very different experience. There were there were no spectators allowed. It was um, a social distance run, but it did still have that event feel to it, and it was just great to be in the mix with other runners um, and it did have a bit of an atmosphere about it even though there was no fans and everyone um, to the rules I thought logistically it was superb. Um, Nick how, how did you think the pandemic sort of impacted the, the race experience? Yeah
1: it's a good question I mean first of all as Chris has said massive thumbs up to fix events think they did a great job um i was really curious to see because this is it's quite an early event i think and they've been very honest in saying that they're still kind of wrapping their heads around how to make this work it ran really smoothly um it did feel different without a question of a doubt there were patches of the race where it was quite a small field in general wasn't it it was and, yeah yeah it yeah. did feel a little bit lonely at times didn't it Little bit lonely. I think the general calibre of the athletes was pretty high. I think this was not one that felt like a real mass participation event. So we were pretty near the back of the field, <laughs> um, <laughs> lagging at the back as usual, <laughs> lagging at the back, bringing up the rear, keeping the marshals out on the course until later than they wanted to be. Um, Someone's so got it, to. Of, Yeah, absolutely. So lots of little things like fifteen second starts, but you know when you're out on the course, you didn't really feel that. But I think they did a great job, and it just felt like a real landmark moment really for me and really interesting as you say to have the parallel experience of having done the same event just over a year ago so yeah really good what I wanted to ask you Chris because everything I've read says definitely use events to train because of all the benefits that come with that you know just the experience of doing training with other runners but the advice I've been given is that you should run these events at the same pace that you would have trained them at so the danger is that you kind of go out there and you do something different to how you've been training which is exactly what we did so Chris (laughs) I thought I would I would get you to explain why did we try and run a personal best when we're training to run endurance rather than speed it's a good question and I think it's a, a very common mistake to make that
0: runners think that because of the training they've been doing they're fitter than they've ever been potentially um but Endurance running, particularly ultra running, maybe not so much for a marathon, but particularly ultra running, is very different. It's almost like you need to learn a new style and technique of how to run because you're running slower than your natural pace. So, all of my training, I I said to you, Nick, before the start of the race, didn't I? I Said I actually don't know how I'm going to do here on the Half Marathon, even though I've done way more miles than I've ever done before, including the marathon training um, year because i haven't run like without stopping for such a long time so we decided we're going to go for a pb and we well we wanted to get under two hours didn't we um Mm. and none of our training in the run-up to that had been anywhere near that sort of average time i think you need what nine nine minutes 9 second miles is it or 9 minute ten second miles 9
1: 911 miles 911 okay and
0: pretty much all of my well pers- personally my uh, ultra runs are around the 10 to 10 30 mile mark on average so it's a lot quicker than we've been going and training and obviously without the stops if you listen to the previous episodes you'll know that for most of the long runs uh, we've been doing the jeffing run walk strategy to to build distance and endurance so again uh wasn't quite sure how that was going to go so needless to say we set out a lot faster in fact so <laughs> i ran a 10k and 10 mile pb so i it in a positive light i'm definitely fitter but I I wouldn't say I fell apart because I did come back okay, but the last uh, three and a bit miles were difficult um, for me personally. How did you
1: find it, Nick? I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, my my mileage, my volume of mileage, like you, is so much higher than it's ever been. But actually, my speed endurance is not as good as I th- I, I thought that i would just be able to accelerate and hold the pace yeah and you know i actually did run under 2 hours on that course uh, a year ago and i i just missed out on 2 hours this year and i just i just felt like it's a very different kind of running and i think the less and actually just to link into what we're going to be talk we're going to talk a little bit about recovery later i st- i'm still hurting now and that's you know 6 days later and i haven't Same. been getting that when i've been doing the slow runs so i think it just goes to show that Although running slowly and running high volumes can make you faster, I do think if you're just going to go and try and, and smash a PB, you need to, to work in some specific training, I reckon. I totally agree. And I also ran
0: that race faster a year ago, which is crazy to think that I, ba- I basically did no training for that run. Yeah. And yet I ran it slower this time, even though I've done the most miles I've ever run in a month. Um, last month and I'm on for this month as well so yeah really really interesting but also just fascinating that you know the different types of running are actually quite different Um, and you know if I was training for a half marathon I certainly wouldn't use the same training plan or training tactics as we're using now so I think um, in general as well over the last two months my training like when I reflect on the training, I've kind of lost my way a little bit and this will link into lifestyle. But as we're doing more longer runs now, and just so everyone knows, we were actually due to run 18 miles on the day that the event happened. But we decided to do the event and decided to go for the under two hours because one, obviously it's less mileage than the 18 miles that we were supposed to do. So we um, thought that if we went for an intense effort as well, that would kind of make up for the extra miles so we've got a couple of big weekends coming up we've got an 18 miler next weekend we're nearing the first weekend of doing a marathon but I think as that's happened and the longer runs have started um upping in mileage I in the last two or three weeks my my rhythm of running is just completely gone um so I'm doing the longer runs but I've gone from running sort of four or five times a week to two or three. Um, and again, we'll come on to this with with lifestyle, but it's things like um, football's back, for example. So I've played a couple of games of football now and it's muscles that you haven't used in a very, very long time. And Jesus, the recovery is, is really hurting me at the moment.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a, a good good point to sort of really hit that topic then because I I actually feel the same way I think I've hit a bit of a plateau and you know we've been running like 70 ish miles a month now for the first four months of 2021 I think the next stage is quite a sharp jump and I think you know there's there's a few things for me so when when I started the training I knew I knew the time commitment was massive and it was it was about finding a way to make that work with family life and that's been one of the big challenges for me, Chris, which is I don't want to give up my whole weekend to running. That can't be, that can't be how it works for me. So what I've been trying to do is get up and go really early on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, Get back at a decent time and still have a full weekend with my boy and my wife. But I think when you start hitting like your 18 miles, your 26 miles, and you're not doing them quickly either, that's the other thing. You know, you, you are taking your time to get through those miles. it it does start to really become or your weekend it starts to shape your weekend a little bit i feel um and i'm just really conscious of that at this stage and i think like you i've i've kind of preserved the long run but the midweek runs are starting to suffer a bit and i think that's work related so i think we're entering a phase now where we're really having to to think carefully about that balance between training and life um so I'm, I'm really interested because you also have a young daughter. So how are you finding juggling the demands of being a parent and the intensity of ultra training? I think you've, you've got it absolutely
0: spot on. I would add there that the difference with ultra training and marathon training is that when you do a marathon training plan, let's say it's a 16 week one, some of them are even 12 weeks if you've got a good level of fitness the the end goal is relatively near the training plan we're doing and this is where the lifestyle thing comes into it is is it eight months nine months yeah eight months i think yeah so eight months is an extraordinarily long time to sacrifice life basically for running and when i mean sacrifice like if you were taking it very seriously i mean we are not taking it very seriously Is in like we're taking the training seriously, but we don't want to run it in a specific time, for example. But if you were, I would imagine that really keen ultra runners, you know, really do like let it consume their life because they have to. They, you know, they're healthy people. And while I would say I'm a healthy person, I do still want to go to the pub. I do still want to go out for dinner with my wife. I do still want to play five a side with my mates. I do have a very intense full time job. I do have a daughter. So, I'm sure there are other ultra runners out there who, you know, do a lot of that stuff, but they might, you know, sacrifice football. And I know Nick, you've sacrificed football, for example, because you're picking up injuries and stuff like that. So it's just fitting everything in is extremely difficult, especially for such a long training time period. Um, Being a full-time parent in itself. So we're at slightly different stages of parenthood, aren't we? Um, So my daughter's almost one um, and Luke, your boy is almost two. Yeah. Um, so when we started training, I was still very much in the phase of having to get up three or four times a night, which makes the early run an absolute killer. And as part of recovery, I think sleep is really crucial. And mm-hmm. I basically wasn't getting any so well, broken sleep, as all all parents know it's better now but at the same time I completely agree with you that the last thing I want to do and the last thing my wife would want me to do is literally ruin the entire weekend and not be able to do any sort of parenting because I'm I'm too knackered basically (laughs) and that is what my my biggest worry is I think is like when we get to the marathon we're kind of looking at you know it's a training run at the end of the day so in reality I'm going to go out at 7 a.m come home and then there's going to be a full weekend of parenting and like going out and doing stuff and for anyone who's ever run a marathon that's probably the last thing you want to do but that's the that's the challenge that we're going to have to build into the training that life does need to still go on
1: so what's your thoughts on that nick totally agree and you know i've had some frank conversations with my wife as well about what I'm actually signing up for and just we've Mm. talked about this and talked about how, you know, how is this going to work for us? Because I think it's a big commitment for the whole family, actually. And I think one of the things that I would say to anyone who's considering doing it is, you know, have that conversation first and make sure that it is a team decision. And if you've got the support, then it makes a massive difference. And I think actually what you were talking about with lifestyle really resonated with me because I think being an ultra marathon runner, it is a lifestyle in itself, isn't it? and what's really noticeable for me is that it's so easy in a week to just knock yourself off rhythm whether that's having a few too many beers on a particular night or you get a bad night's sleep with your little one you know the day before the long run and then it all kind of unravels a little bit um so yeah that's it is a challenge at the moment and i think the reason for that is that we've been doing it for a little while now but we know that we've got a long way still to go and probably the hardest part is the next part i would say i will add two little things there one of them is going back to the very
0: first episode that we said of like getting started with an ultramarathon is remember your why and i, I i'll keep referring to that through this series because the motivation side of things needs to apply to everyone in your bubble so for us it's obviously our dad's not very well so we have a very strong why So I think getting on board uh, and it's not just me and you, it's a sacrifice for our, our families as well. So everyone needs to understand why we're doing it. And that's really important because that's how you get buy in and support. Um, And the other one is, (laughs) as you said about a couple of pints. So (laughs) what I didn't say about the half marathon as well, (laughs) is that I actually had like eight pints on the Friday night. So, we i think you probably thought that I wasn't going to I was going to bail and I wouldn't do it um but I did. I did do it um and I wasn't too bad to be fair but obviously that is incredibly poor pre- preparation I was very dehydrated from the off um and I I felt every single pint after about 10k onwards on on every step so that obviously isn't advisable but that is kind of I, I mean I pro- I wouldn't do that I guess on a normal life but being the first week back from um, from well from certain lockdown rules lifting, it was a bit too tempting for me. Basically, I was weak. <laughs> um, but that is that is what happens, I guess. And and they're the kind of things as well that you need to be able to deal with. You know, a hangover cannot write off a whole like half a week of training. And I've mm. i I've been notoriously poor with dealing with hangovers in the past. So I mean, I'm still glad I did the half marathon um but yeah I do think obviously that wasn't a sensible preparation
1: choice <laughs> no you're going to be tested here Chris because lockdown is easing and it's the summer so this yeah. won't be the last time I suspect that we're having this conversation <laughs>
0: well even even today weren't we? we were saying when can we do a virtual drink and I said how about Friday and then I was like oh no we are used to be getting up at 6am to do 18 miles that's probably not wise but though that's because everyone's been cooped up and you know people want to socialize now that is probably going to happen every week now that someone will suggest a drink on a friday whether it's yeah. in an actual outdoor area or virtually um so yeah. yeah again that's another thing that you've got to juggle isn't it because you don't want to sacrifice your social engagements as well you know we've all got friends and families that we want to see i don't want to be the person who's like oh i can't ever do anything because i've got to run a, a run mar- a training marathon that day Um, yeah it's it's difficult yeah I think that's probably what I'm struggling with the most at the moment
1: and I suppose this links back to what we talked about with people discovering running during the lockdown period but actually partly that's because it was quite easy to just do it because there was not anything else to do really so I think for the first time we're actually being faced with situations where there is an alternative option and that is going to test our commitment but (laughs) You are right. We've got a great little community around us and the fundraising's off and running and all of those things kind of bring you back to ground, I think, and just keep you on the, the straight and narrow. So what I wanted to finish the episode with today was just to think about something that, and again, there are, there are lots of aspects that you and I, Chris, have said that we're, we're not very good at them, actually, but we're learning as we go. And, and recovery, I think, is one of those aspects. And I read a quote the other day that I really liked and I'm just going to read it, which says, you know that you'll have to run a lot to do an ultramarathon. But do you know that you'll need to rest a lot? And I love that because the running part in a way is almost it's obvious, isn't it? You know yeah. that you'll be running loads. But on any training plan, you're going to see that you've got designated rest days. And I think the rest day on a training plan is just a, it's just a blank space. Right. But what I'm starting to learn and realise is that actually there's a lot more to recovery and rest than just a day where you don't run. Um, and actually, on on the other side of that, you know, we've got a cousin, our cousin who's doing the ultra marathon with us, has just forced himself to have a rest day because he's run for however many, what was it, 300 days 300 in a row. 300 days in a row, yeah. At and least I think five when miles. you yeah, ridiculous. Um, and when you're trained to do an ultra, I think sometimes actually taking your foot off the gas. I, I actually sometimes on a rest day, I feel a sense of guilt. I have a feeling that I should be doing something and I'm not doing something. But I think what you've got to do is start to to look forward to and enjoy those rest days as an important part of the process. So what sort of let's talk recovery chris i mean i've got a few ideas that i want to share in a sec but what have you been doing to help you to bounce back from those really tough long runs so
0: this is something i know that if i'm going to get to the finish line i need to take it very very seriously because i've got a long list of injuries that have happened from running and playing football and stuff like that that i haven't had so far this time but i'm very mindful that your body can fall apart fairly easily and fairly quickly so for me making sure that i'm in peak physical condition for me um is is really important so i've tried quite a lot of things um and Well, I'll I'll just run through some of the things uh, I've tried to say. I've had a sports massage. I I spoke about that in a previous episode. But um, I think, uh, well, quite a lot of people have said to me that particularly after long runs or quite intense efforts, having a proper deep tissue sports massage is great for just getting out all the lactic acid and um, helping your muscles recover quicker. So I am definitely going to have at least one a month now. Things are available a bit more. Um, and I know our cousin James also swears by sports massages doesn't he mm-hmm. um I also got a massage gun so if anyone hasn't seen what these are they're like a little physio massage gun that basically replicates what a foam roller would do but they it it, it shoots kind of like a a pulse not an electric pulse as in like it's a it's a gun that like goes in and out really quickly and massages your muscles. So it's like a deep tissue massage essentially. And again, mm. um so I actually asked the sports mas- mas- masseuse um and she said use it before and after the run because before it will warm up your muscles and get them going and then after it will get get out all your lactic acid. Um so it's hard those kind of things are quite hard to like put a quantifiable measurement on them in terms of like do they work? But I'm um, The only thing I can kind of say is that I haven't really picked up many injuries yet. Um, And then yoga and stretching is something that I want to take seriously, but I'm struggling to fit it into the day, to be fair. And that's where I think your rest days in particular is something you could use them for. So I think when we started the training the first month, I was quite good at doing stretching and yoga and then as life has got in the way that is the thing that's been sacrificed really um but my flexibility is very poor so if, if there's anything that's going to give it will be a pulled muscle or something like that i think so i am mindful that by the time we do the event in august i want to be a lot more supple and flexible than i am now obviously that means i need to crack on and, and get on with it but um yeah. and the other the other ones i just i've tried um so jeffing during the run is obviously i'll mention that because there is a recovery strategy at the end of the day It's many recoveries during the run so you can run further without risk of injury and pain and for me that's worked brilliantly so that's my during the run strategy and i'm quite fascinated by the idea of cold baths um and i've had a lot of pain in my calves before when i run so ice baths and cold baths are really good at reducing inflammation um and i don't know if you've ever tried this now i haven't had an ice bath yet i've had a cold bath before um but i quite like the idea of having an, an ice bath after a long run but again it's one of those things where some people swear by them others say like it doesn't really make any difference or, or they just completely hate them so I think one of the biggest challenges with recovery is, as a topic is that everyone's different and some things might work for one person and some things might work for another so for me what I've the best things out of what I've just said I think the yoga and stretching is really important and sports massage for me are the two things that I wouldn't
1: swap for anything what what are your top tips Nick? Well, I can tell you now that I can't get on board with cold baths. I just, <laughs> it's, I, it's not even that I know, I know the science and I know that it works, but I just can't bring myself to do it. So definitely not that. So listen, this this is my formula, right? And, and the way I kind of think about this is I'm starting to think about recovery happening at basically all stages of the process. So you, you literally have it in your training plan. While you're running, you're jeffing or you're running at an appropriate pace. You're not pushing yourself into the red on the long runs and the training runs. So that in itself is a way of, I think, helping with your recovery because um, it means that you're not kind of coming over that end line of the long run, just completely burnt out and and in the red. And then immediately afterwards, I, I could swear by foam rolling. I'm loving that at the moment. I'm on the foam roller at the end of every run. And I really think it does help just to kind of loosen up the muscles a little bit at the end of a really long run. And then of course, the other aspect is, is nutrition. And we, I know that we're going to talk about, we're going to dedicate an episode to nutrition a little bit later on, but you've got to get something inside your body quickly after the end of a race. So for example, after the half marathon, I was in a McDonald's drive through within 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Obviously, that isn't what a sports so- uh, fair, you know, nutritionist would advise you to do. But I'm, I'm kind of almost putting recovery at the front and center of everything I'm doing, if, if that makes sense. So yeah. even at the end of my runs, I'm actually sort of slowing down for the last five minutes into a walk. And almost thinking, right, my recovery started before I've even finished. And, and I'm already thinking ahead to the next run. Because, I mean, and I think you said this earlier, Chris, like the, the challenge here is basically to stay injury free. Like the thing that will stop us completing this race, I think is an injury and in training. So I think that's where for an ultra marathon, probably you, you need to do it for a marathon. All runners probably should be thinking about it. I think we have to think about it a lot. And it needs to be something that we're really giving a lot of of thought to. So that's my formula. And so far, you know, as I said, it's worked really well. And I think probably like you, for me, it's the active rest that I need to work on. So on rest days, a lot of ultra runners will be doing yoga and stretching. And, And it doesn't mean a day sat on the sofa. It's like it's different activities, isn't it, to help you with being supple. I'm not very good at that. And that's something that I probably need to explore a bit more over the next few months i was gonna ask you i mean i think you're absolutely spot on that
0: recovery needs to be built into the whole thing and um i was gonna ask you in terms of like core strength and cross training how important do you think that is for recovery because again that's it's another we'll, we'll do another episode on on cross training but that's another key part of what I've read needs to be involved in in a rest day because you mentioned it just there like what a rest day actually means so what what does a rest day look like for you then do you do, you do core would that
1: be called a rest day still typically no a rest day is a day where I won't do any kind of activity or running and it, it normally follows so my rest days and my training plan Mondays after two runs at the weekend and Fridays before the long runs at the weekend so they they sandwich that really big effort and my training plan is really very heavily focused on weekend running and that's because I've done a I've got a training plan that's very much built around professionals trying to do their first ultra in terms of core I, I think it's really important everything I read tells me it's really important but like you said earlier I think because I don't do enough of it I can't quantifiably tell you the difference that it would make to my running I think where it's going to make a difference is in what people say is when you get tired, you basically lose the form of your running. yeah, And that's where having a strong core can help because it can help you just keep your form together. And obviously, if you're running and the form's gone, that's when things start to go wrong in terms of injury because you're putting too much pressure on certain areas of the body that shouldn't be under pressure. So, it you know... It, it's the final piece of the puzzle. I've said. I think I've actually said this before on the podcast. It's the final piece of the puzzle for me. I like running and I'm I'm motivated to run, but I'm not making very good use of my core workout day, which is in my training <laughs> plan. And at the moment, it's just which an is different to your rest day, though. Yeah, it is different, but it clear. is essentially yeah. to be to be honest, it isn't an, uh, an unofficial. It's another rest day. Yeah. Rest day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting because I'm probably the other way around where I do. A fair bit of core to be honest, um, but I'm really bad at rest days then because mine are just like muddled into one. Really, if I'm not running, then I would call that a rest day, really, but that's not really what I should be doing, is it? I should actually be resting and not doing anything, so I still do uh you know sit-ups squats and stuff like that like core core stuff at home um and I shouldn't really be doing that so it's quite interesting that we've got a bit of a different approach there um and my rest days are normally there for when I miss runs (laughs) um so they shouldn't be rest days but I take them anyway because I'm like maybe too
1: busy at work or something like that um yeah I mean actually you know in, in linking back to what we we're talking about earlier and I think this is probably a topic for another podcast but I think flexibility in the training plan is very important though and I think most uh, coaches actually encourage that and so look if you're if you're too rigid it does it will cause you problems and it will cause you stress um but yeah I think understanding how you want to approach recovery and rest I think is is a key piece of of successfully increasing mileage without pain and injury. Yeah, uh, sleep is a, is the other key one for me.
0: I mentioned yeah. earlier about obviously having a having a newborn, um how sleep deprivation is is horrible when you're trying to do long runs, but now we've settled into a much better routine, I feel so much better on the longer runs and that is something I would advise everyone that if you're going to do long distance run training just go to bed a bit earlier and you'll feel a lot better like a lot better um so i mean it's a slightly slightly shorter episode this time but we've got some some great stuff coming up so um we mentioned that we're going to look at nutrition and and fueling for long runs because i think that's going to be one of the hardest things and we haven't really tackled that at all yet which is during an ultra you have to actually eat which is i've obviously never done that before you wouldn't do that necessarily for a marathon so that's going to be something that's uh, going to be quite challenging for both of us we're going to look at cross training in a bit more detail and just what that actually involves because every plan we've seen puts a big emphasis on not just pounding the pavement and you know incorporating strength and other exercises into your routine as well and um, we're going to take a deeper look into just the long run how to prepare for it building it into training and getting through it and then we will also do a race day preparation one so we'll get uh james our cousin back on to just talk us through what to expect on the day really um and we'll have a couple of other other episodes as well coming up so still yeah we're about halfway through the series really um so nick just before we finish um we've got what just under 4 months until the event how how would you assess how we're getting on at the moment
1: i'm really look i'm really happy i think to have run close to 300 miles since the 1st of january 2021 is, is in itself a massive achievement for me and i think we're at a point now where we've kind of done everything that we've needed to do on the training plan i'm just i'm i'm, I'm proud of that i'm a little nervous about the next bit but I'm motivated, I'm determined, I want to finish this race. So I'm kind of just thinking that it's it's not optional, it's just something I have to do. Um, how about you? Feeling good? So if you'd have asked me three weeks ago, I would have said
0: absolutely. Um, I'd just run the most miles I'd ever run uh, in a month. And yet now I'm a little worried. <laughs> I just <laughs> think the scale of the challenge of scaling up from where we are now it's like we're not even remotely close to where we need to be and bizarrely even though we've done these these long long runs at the weekend because as, as i said earlier my shorter runs the amount of as in like the amount of runs have come down just looking at my stats now um, i'm way off what i was last month so i don't even think i'm going to run more miles this month than i did last month and i should be which worries me (laughs) so I wouldn't say um, I'm I don't think we're in a good place because I I do think the foundations are in place but it's just a big a big task ahead isn't it Um, because to think that you know even from where we are now we've still got to basically double that really Um, so like I I thought I'd 100% be running 100 miles this month and with eight days left of the month, I'm halfway. <laughs> so I'm yeah. not going to be running fifty miles in eight days. Obviously, so I'm not going to hit 100 miles this month, which which surprises me massively.
1: Um, I, I think it's it's a good reality check though that this isn't easy. And yeah. you know, I think up to this point it's gone quite smoothly. And I think this, in in some respects, this month is just a good gut check to say actually look, we are going to have to work hard to push on. There's also that you know. When you get to these distances, I don't know about you, but even what seems like small increases can feel absolutely monumental. So you think like 70 to 100 miles in a month, you think oh, it's only another 30 miles, but actually that 30 miles, my goodness, that that just changes the whole complexion of the running, doesn't it? It's because when you're running that distance, particularly for n- new ultra
0: runners who perhaps haven't run those distances before, you, you always feel like you're at your limit so to go that little bit more each time you're constantly having to push the boundaries. So last month was the most, as I said, the most miles I've ever run in a month felt great, but then like to do it again and go further then, and then like the next month you've got to do it all again and go further again. It does take a lot of just constant effort. And, and that's where it comes back to the lifestyle as well, because as soon as things get in the way and the reason I'm off the pace basically is because I've had a bad two weeks, so, although we did the half marathon, the event, and we've got the 18, well, we're both going to do the 18-miler on, on the Saturday this week, um, I I don't think I've done any running midweek in the last two weeks. And that's mainly because I play five-a-side on, on a Tuesday. Uh, and football is something I haven't played in such a long time because of the lockdown. Um, it's just, it's killed me for like three days. And that's where eventually, you know, I might need to make a decision where I just prioritize the ultra as we get closer to race day and I'll have to sacrifice those things, I guess. But yeah, the lifestyle really has taken its it taken like a, a more forefront of, of my uh, approach, I guess. And running has taken the back seat a little bit. But needless to say, I think um it was never going to be easy. <laughs> and there was always going to be bumps on the on the way. So the fact we're still going, we're still healthy, fit, no injuries and the next episode, we're going to look into the long run when we've actually done a couple of uh, like long runs, sort of 18, 20, 25 mile ones. So, so yeah, um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where we go from here because it's going to be interesting,
1: isn't it? 100%. And, uh, yeah, we'll be out on the road on Saturday morning, 18 miles. Can't wait, Chris. Just, just got to do it. <laughs> Can't wait. And well, don't, uh... for goodness sake, please don't drink any beers on Friday my body is a temple now for the next few
0: days (laughs) i say that having gone out last night for a load of beers but yeah (laughs) Uh, on that note let's wrap up um but yeah we'll see you for part five thanks for listening everyone you've been listening to the vv nation podcast
1: thank you so much for tuning in if you like what you heard don't forget to rate it share it and subscribe and please stay fit and active
0: and you can follow us on our social channels on twitter at vvnationfit, Facebook at vvnation and Instagram at vv underscore nation. Also check out our website vvnation.co.uk for all of our podcast episodes and don't be afraid to send us a message and get in touch. Thank you.